A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Zone. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. We definitely try, that's for sure. Good morning, everyone. It's a Monday. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Youngke. Glad to welcome you to it. My goodness, only in Wisconsin can you witness weather that does a 20-degree swing in less than 24 hours' time. If you enjoyed that warm weather yesterday, well... Make sure you've got the jacket or sweater, sweatshirt handy today because we're going south as far as temperatures are concerned. 50% chance of rain today. Now, it may not be measurable rain, but still rain, and we're going to drop to a high of only 61 degrees today. The good news is we pivot and turn the corner tomorrow. Partly sunny skies on Tuesday, 70 degrees. Wednesday, sunshine and 74. Thursday, we'll be back up to 80 degrees. Talking about that weather pattern with Stumach, our ag meteorologist. Boy, it is Mother's Day week. That means a lot of folks are going to be headed to the greenhouse looking for that hanging basket or something for mom. Wisconsin Department of Agriculture reminding people, be on the lookout for Mother's Day scams, I'll explain. And a very special greenhouse. Open to the public on Saturday, the brand-new, state-of-the-art Jeff Hicken Horticultural Learning Center is up and serving the public. We'll have details on that special event as well. As proud supporters of the beef industry, Compure Financial sends a special thank you to beef producers during National Beef Month. Compure recognizes the dedication it takes to produce safe and nutritious beef products for our nation and the world. Which is why at Compure Financial, they're defined by you, your hopes for the future, as well as your needs today. Visit Compure.com or call 844-426-6733 to learn more. Compure Financials, an equal credit opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2023, all rights reserved. It's as simple as one, two, three, friends. Buy your farm and ranch trucks from a certified agriculture dealership. Get 30 grand back in farm supply savings through AgPack. That's a 60% return on a $50,000 truck. Just go to agtrucktrader.com, register for your unique AgPack ID number, good to use at any certified ag dealer in the country for as many trucks as you want, and then search the inventory of only certified ag dealers all in one spot. agtrucktrader.com. Community Solar, it's not a product, it is an idea, and it's one that's trying to get a little bit more traction in the state of Wisconsin. Cody Heller is one of the landowners that's investigating what community solar could mean to Wisconsin and to Wisconsin agriculture. Now let's preface this, Cody, by explaining to people that you are actively involved in production agriculture. Uh, You've got cows, you've got land. Tell me how you got involved with community solar in the beginning. In the beginning, I got involved with Community Solar looking for an application to, you know, neutralize the farm's energy costs, neutralize the farm's environmental footprint or impact. That was a good entry step. And secondarily, trying to find a way to make my lesser productive, lower productivity land more productive and create two positives from one application. Now, there is a reason why this has to be a separate conversation. For a lot of people in Wisconsin, the first thing they're going to say is, oh, wait a minute, not in my backyard. They don't want to see, you know, hundreds of acres of solar panels in their backyard. They question the long-term viability of the projects. What are we doing giving up good 
productive farmland. That's really what drew you into the conversation. A lot of money out there right now, Cody, looking at solar on Wisconsin farmland. Explain where the hitch is on some of that lesser ground being accepted into solar projects. So right now, community solar projects are that 25 acres or less size of project of solar panels. And in order to get solar onto the grid in Wisconsin or in the Midwest, uh, the the solar developers have to get permission from the the greater scope of the greater control over the grid. And right now, what the idea with community solar is, is to get an exemption from that governmental control so they can put grid power in from these small solar sites unlike the larger solar sites that kind of the larger companies that kind of control the power bank in the upper Midwest. And community solar, what the idea is to take these smaller, uh, less productive areas of land that are not so prominent and not going to cause that visual negative aesthetic, or the land that is steep or HEL land from a cropping standpoint, or stuff that shouldn't have manure on it and stuff like that. We can try to make that, that land profitable for the farmer and try to make that land more usable in order to help the environmental uh, footprint or impact. What's this uh, message? How has it been received down at the state capitol where ideally right now they are trying to work through a possible fix on uh, allowing those smaller projects in the grid? Are they understanding? Uh, is it something that's finding favor? Yeah, it's it's been an education situation because there's been a lot of negative stigma towards those larger solar projects that we've had, um, getting getting the idea wrapped around a more microsm, a micro solar impact, I think has definitely gained some traction in the last couple months as we go into the new term here and we're into the new term. There's definitely some traction with some representatives at the state house, both um, in southern Wisconsin and up in western Wisconsin, where I'm located, to try to get something through that is the best for the farmer. Because we don't want to take any more land out of agricultural production. Uh, that doesn't make sense to us. But how do we maximize the efficiency of some of these acres that are not producing corn or putting too much inputs in and too much cost to? It's starting to get some serious traction behind it because when we can help the farmers and when representatives can help the farmers and create a positive environmental impact, that's a positive win-win for everybody. What are your fellow landowners saying, Cody, about uh, this option? I mean, like I said, most of the folks that I've visited with are happy if they're on a location that's near the grid for some of these projects. What are you, what are you hearing from landowners on this new option? Yeah, there's a lot of landowners in the western part of the state of Wisconsin that have access to open grid space, per se. And a lot of these owners are all comfortable with the concept as long as the panels aren't, you know, out in the eyesore or are on less productive land. Um, We're still going to get a lot of uh, pushback and feedback, I think, from the general population, to be honest, if they're gigantic sites and they're right on the roads and they're blocking views. But there are areas all over and all of us farmers have them and all the community members have them, the landholders have them that are actually conducive that you could put smaller solar projects on that are not going to carry the negative stigma or have the negative impacts that some of those larger sites have. Now we know that there's financial incentives out there that exist right now to try to make these projects move forward and move forward at a pretty good clip. When you start penciling things out, Cody, do you see financial financial viability in these community solar projects in the in the I guess we'd have to say the strategy that's being put in on farm fields now do you see it penciling out not just five years down the road but 15 25 years down the road 
Yeah, so a lot of these projects are inflation-proof, where they have multipliers in the contractual agreements for farmers to to increase with inflation. So there's every five-year inflation check. That's one way to to mitigate some of that risk for the long-term impact. Um, The other application is right now, you're right, there's a lot of money behind it, and on the lesser productive land, you can the farmer can get two times to three times the amount of, of income, not revenue, but net profit off of having solar over putting the crop inputs in. And another impact that we haven't talked about yet is working with the solar developers to to place the panels in a spacing application that's still wide enough that we as the producer, the farmer, can still pull some grass bales off. Uh, for our cattle to get some impact off of, you know, the space around the solar panels because it is grass and it does need to be maintained. Now, we mentioned that this is uh, an option for some of that less productive farmland. There's also going to be plenty of folks out there that may own recreational land, uh, hunting ground, that type of thing, Cody. Are they going to be, I guess, invited into this conversation for community solar? Yes, it's a great question because everybody will be able to be invited in as long as uh, as the bills work through through the state house, as long as the land meets that smaller size capacity, and as long as it's it's not it's zoned either agricultural or forestry or recreation land, uh, there'll be certain zoning impacts that are required in order to qualify for it, and that'll cover and encompass a lot of different things. You know, we no one wants to take out you know you know building land for solar or or really productive land or, or high value land for solar in this application, this particular type of bucket. So. Uh, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for a lot of people, just besides agricultural producers, to have a community solar project on their properties and on their land. Cody Heller's along with us. He is uh, by the Alma Center area. He's a dairy producer himself and one of the voices that's uh, trying to communicate with those at the State House about community solar as an idea to mitigate some of the visual blight people have complained about with these large solar projects that are popping up across the state, primarily on uh, pretty good-sized farmland that could be in full production. Now, Cody, give us a little sense of timing on the movement of this community solar a project as a whole, and how people might be able to stay engaged in the process. Yeah, so legislation, if legislation gets passed that allows for this, this easier entry of community solar projects into the grid system, these projects will be up and running in less than two years. That's the timeline on it, and it's a very quick turnaround. Uh, like our project, for example, could be up and running within the confines of a 12-month period after legislation was passed and these projects were let onto the grid. Um, so from a community standpoint and from a, from a producer and pushing the state house standpoint, this is a really big positive from an environmental sustainability standpoint for multiple industries from forestry to agriculture, to recreation in Wisconsin, to be able to have access to the grid, to be able able to produce some solar energy and, and yet do that in a situation where you were promoting this great environmental uh, sustainability and output for Wisconsin. How many, how many projects of this smaller nature, Cody, do you think are currently pressing pause, waiting for the changes at the state house? There's well over 100 projects um, minimum. Just with, with one or two groups, there's well over 100 projects. And, and this community solar concept has been in Wisconsin with multiple developers, um, somewhat of Milwaukee and, and somewhat of Racine area in southeastern Wisconsin. These developers have come up and in looking to do the, a lot of this application in, in building up in northern, northern Wisconsin, western Wisconsin, where there is a lot of land applicability and land uh, availability to do some of this. So there's multiple, multiple projects. We could have a great 
big environmental impact and a net positive here in Wisconsin if we can come to some agreements and work on the, the best fit for every party involved. Cody Heller from Alma Center, one of the landowners currently engaged in the conversation over community solar in Wisconsin. Again, looking at smaller acreage that, quite frankly, is not producing anything right now and rethinking how we look at renewable energies in the state. You can get a little bit better picture of what this community solar idea is all about by going online, communitysolaraccess.org. CommunitySolarAccess.org. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Let our family help your family. This is Matt Gunderson, and this is Elmer, <laughs> our canine cuddle ambassador, here to provide good natured, loving, fuzzy support to further our level of personal care. Someday you might meet Elmer as we assist you with an individual life celebration. Let our family help your family. Visit GundersonFH.com. Over 100 years as your hometown life celebration center. I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go. I didn't think I'd survive. But I did ask for help and Covenant House was there for me. One in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there. Covenant House helped me break the cycle of homelessness in my family. They gave me the love that I needed. Over 2,000 young people will sleep safely in a Covenant House bed tonight. When youth who are experiencing homelessness have a hot meal, a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love, they can overcome heartbreaking challenges and have a brighter future. They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed, and I'm succeeding. I'm a, I'm a speaker, I'm an author. Covenant House really helped me and really helped mold me into the woman I am today. If you or someone you love is asking for help, go to safeplacetosleep.org today. When it comes to custom wedding rings, Get to know your Denny's Jeweler. Denny's Jewelers does offer affordable custom wedding bands. Whether it be gold, silver, diamonds, gemstones, platinum, you bring your wedding band idea and we'll point you in the right direction. We'll show you all the options. I am Sarah Denny Alexander. Come meet the entire Denny's family at Denny's Jewelers. Rough hands, dirty boots, and farming roots. It's all we know. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Oh, what a weekend. I'll tell you what, we've got stories coming up. A brand new grand opening for the Jeff Hicken Horticultural Learning Center happened this weekend up in Sauk Prairie to huge crowds, as we might expect. And, of course, this week we have got to get ready for the Alice in Dairyland finals that are starting on Thursday down in Walworth County with a finale on Saturday. I always want to pay attention to the weather when it comes to that uh, situation, Stu, because those uh, six candidates, are going to be out and about in different agribusiness locations. I, I mean, today is kind of the anomaly, isn't it? Yesterday, you needed air conditioning. Today, a little bit more moderate, huh? A little more moderate today, and there is some rain, of course, we have to talk about in the area, Pam. None of it uh, going to be all that big of an event. But if I had to paint a picture today from, say, Madison to Beaver Dam to Fond du Lac, La Crosse, or Fond du Lac and Oshkosh, and toward the eastern part of the state, 
That's where some near half or even three-quarter inch amounts of rain are a possibility today. Lawson and La Crosse, more likely quarter to half inch. That could be about the extent. We have to look to low pressure down around eastern Iowa this morning. And that system is providing rain eastern Iowa into southern Wisconsin, over into Illinois, of course, as well. The activity will spread east and expand a little further north. That's why I'm talking about more rain from Madison to Beaver Dam to Fond du Lac, Oshkosh, and the eastern edge of the state, where rain amounts could be a little bit heavier. So we're anticipating more cloud cover and rain, especially in the south and east, and still some rain chances, even at La Crosse and Boston today, just not going to be as big of an event. A bigger factor, too, is some very foggy conditions over at Lake Michigan and right along the Lake Michigan shoreline. I'd expect some of that patchy fog to become a little more likely for almost all of us as we head through the day around toward tonight. And otherwise, it looks like we head back to sunshine, a little cooler, like Pam said today, and then warming up very nicely with sunshine for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Sounds very, very spring, almost summer-like as we make our way on through midweek. But there will be some small chances of rain as we look toward the end of the week, maybe toward Thursday night or into the day Friday when some scattered showers may return. I'll have forecast details right after this. As proud supporters of the beef industry, Compure Financial sends a special thank you to beef producers during National Beef Month. Compure recognizes the dedication it takes to produce safe and nutritious beef products for our nation and the world. Which is why at Compure Financial, they're defined by you, your hopes for the future, as well as your needs today. Visit Compure.com or call 844-426-6733 to learn more. Compure Financial is an equal credit opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong. Farmers deal with a lot, including long days, stress, and fatigue. This is your reminder to take breaks, stretch, have a snack, and hydrate your body. Avoid farm accidents by keeping yourself healthy. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn how Rural Mutual supports Wisconsin farmers and prioritize safety on the farm. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong. Thank you to my buddy Kirby up in La Crescent, Minnesota, Stu. He said that he's got seven-tenths of an inch of rain in his rain gauge uh, from the weekend. So like you said, not anything that really caught a lot of attention, but we don't need a lot more around either. No, and Kirby's right on there. I got lacrosse at the airport, 58 hundredths for the course of the weekend. The rest of us, about a tenth of an inch or less. So it hasn't been a big deal that way. But our Compure Financial Ag Weather Update does indeed today call for mostly cloudy skies, showers, maybe a thunderstorm that pops up here by later afternoon, a little patchy fog expected here and there. Upper 50s today. I know why you feel cool, Pam. It was officially 82 at Madison yesterday. We'll be over 20 degrees below that just for today with those east winds about 5 to 15. Overnight, mostly cloudy, patchy fog, a little rain ending from west to east. We drop down in the mid-40s. The north winds 5 to 15. Maybe a little fog yet early Tuesday, but mostly sunny. And I'd expect upper 60s and low 70s. Northeast winds at 5 and sunny on Wednesday. Mid-70s, oh, that's a good 10 degrees above normal with the south winds at 5 to 10. So the mild air pan returns in a big hurry already tomorrow but a little cooler and maybe a little damp today. Well, so long as we don't push that thermometer too far in the wrong direction, we're still we're still in May. It's possible. That's right. It does happen. <laughs> All right, buddy. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. Thanks, Stu.
You bet. Have a good day. All right. Stumach, Ag Meteorologist, catching us live on our Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. Don't forget that talk text line looking for your weekend weather reports, 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. Compure Financial, your financial partner committed to agriculture in rural America. Visit Compure.com. We've got another Alice in Dairyland finalist to introduce you to coming up. Like we said, Sauk Prairie finally unveiling the state-of-the-art Hicken Horticultural Learning Center. Stick around. Details on the way. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Blaine's Farm and Fleet is your one-stop shop for all your seasonal supplies like thoroughbred welding gas and cylinders, now 10% off. Milwaukee quarter inch and 3 8 inch drive 106 piece tool set with Packout on sale $249.99. And pick up a performance tool 26 piece screwdriver set. Comes with color coded handles and storage rack, just $24.99. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank your local independent bank. We're the premier provider of commercial, treasury, mortgage, and private banking services. Our team blends experience with the latest technology to make banking easier. We provide the advice and solutions you need. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Exteriors. Just pick up the phone and let us leave a legacy on your home. Roofing, windows, gutters, siding, and decks. Can Legacy do it? You bet. Better prices, better warranties. Legacy always makes it easy. Go to Legacy-Exteriors.com. Legacy Exteriors. Just pick up the phone and let us leave a legacy on your home. At Berkshire Automotive, we have a non-commissioned sales team, which is a polite way to say we don't really care whether you buy a practical Equinox, the rugged Silverado, or the speedy new Corvette. You've been told no before? Join the Berkshire Automotive family for the yes. At Berkshire Automotive, we teach our people to take no out of the vocabulary. Is no in your vocabulary? Uh, no. No isn't a thing at Berkshire Automotive. Join the Berkshire Automotive family for the yes. Join the How is it that we can have smokers' lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. That squeal you're hearing while you come to a stop, that's your brakes crying for help. 
At Tom's Auto Center, we offer five-star brake repair on all makes and models. Stop by for a brake fluid and brake inspection. If your brakes are talking to you or screaming for help, we'll diagnose it and give you a written estimate. We want you to be able to trust your brakes. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. You can't change the price of gas or groceries, but you can change the amount of your energy bill. Benjamin Plumbing is now a certified dealer of Renai tankless water heaters. The number one tankless water heater in North America. They're up to 40% more energy efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art, energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory-extended warranty. Save money with endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong. Give us the skinny in that uh, that beautiful mind of yours, Thor, on Lucas Van Ness, the first-round pick for the Green Bay Packers. I really like that pick. Yeah, like I had a, him a couple of slots higher on my board. And, what, like, so, like, what you have with him right away, he's a speed-to-power nightmare, like, coming off the edge. He bullied all kinds of elite tackles in the in the Big, uh, big Ten. And so you have that thing. The thing they got to work on him with, it's the counter moves off of that. Because basically his speed to power and that ball rush he's got, it's like a 102-mile-per-hour fastball. Mm. And all they need to do is, is teach him a changeup, teach him a breaking ball. Because the offensive tackles in the NFL, too, you got to sit back on your heels getting ready for that heat. And that's how you can counter move off of that to free yourself even more. If he does that, his game's going to jump up all the more. Uh, Thor, I'm going to combine two of the tight ends here just cause we, so we can cover a lot of ground here. Which tight end do you like more for the Green Bay Packers that they got, Luke Musgrave or Tucker Kraft? Well, it's funny because they took Musgrave at 42, and I was like, you dopes, there's a better receiving tight end on the board right now. You just took Musgrave over him. And then they got that guy 36 slots later with Tucker Kraft. <laughs> I think Tucker Kraft's going to have a better career for the Packers than Musgrave does. Ooh, baby. Now, there is a, something that uh, I don't know if you believe in or not. Brian Gutekunst in the third round, not very good. Hopefully it's not the kiss of death for Tucker Kraft, but I, I don't think nah. it will be. This guy looks like a badass. He, he for sure is, yeah. And and one of the reasons I think maybe the NFL overlooked him is because he was so dominant in the FCS. He would just get separation just from the athleticism because he had such a trump card over the other athletes that he was playing. And so you're wondering, like, is he a nuanced route runner or does he only win with athleticism? But that's all he had to, you know, like he didn't need anything else to just blow by people in the FCS. Then he's running away from him once he had the ball in his hands. But, yeah, that, that's something to work with. He's obviously a younger kid. It would have been interesting to see last year there was a whole bunch of FBS programs this time last year 
that one that were offering him the NIL deals to yeah. transfer up. It would have been interesting to see him at the higher level, but I think if he had, there's no way he would have been available at the 78 slot. You know, if he had gone to Alabama or one of those schools and put on a show for a year, I think you get him at a little bit of a discounted uh, price point, and I think he's going to play right away. Uh, Thor Nystrom joining us right now. Follow him on Twitter at Thor K E U. Find him fantasy pros, betting pros. Uh, his own website, ThorNystrom.com. Thor, uh, Badger fans know about Jaden Reed. He uh, caused some pain and misery for us. The wide receiver out of Michigan State. What's the skinny on the second round pick uh, for the Packers here, Jaden Reed? There's people that like Jaden Reed more than me. I, I thought he got pulled up a little bit because this was a poor receiver class, and he started to become more attractive and more attractive as he went along because of that. I love the way that he competes, uh, both for the ball downfield, like for a, a shorter receiver. He's really good at that, going up and, and getting it, whatnot. And then also after the catch, you just can't quibble with that. Like he's a really good yak guy after the catch. Mm-hmm. But I think just overall, like in a normal class, he probably would have been a day three pick just if it was like a normal receiver class. But they obviously saw something in him that that was different than what I saw. I'm going to wrap all the other wide receivers up in this before I get to uh, the fourth and fifth round. Uh, what's the what's your take on the Tavion Wicks as well as uh, Grant DeBose, the fifth and seventh rounders? Yeah, it's, it's funny with um, – with Wicks, you know, it's, it's not the exact same thing as I was talking about with Musgrave and Kraft, but it's, you know, between Wicks and Reed, but it's not too far off. Like, I only had Wicks 17 spots below Reed on my big board. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan of Dontavian Wicks. He really impressed me down at the senior ball, and I was looking for him, too, because in 2021, he was really, really good. And then last year, as Virginia's team, like, they, they had a new coaching staff. They had a tragedy later in the season. It was a really trying season. And Dontavian Wicks really regressed during that season. So you're wondering, like, is it the 2021 Dontavian Wicks? Is it the 2022 Dontavian Wicks? He goes to the senior bowl, and he was shaking people out of their shoes in his routes on the one-on-ones. He, he has a real knack for the route running, which gets him open. You look at his athletic profile, it's nothing, like, that's going to blow you away. But because of that route running nuance, I think he's going to get separation in the NFL as well. And I, I think he's going to succeed. Nice. Um, about Colby Wood in the fourth rounder, uh, Brian Gutekunst dipping into a little defense again, uh, defensive end out of Auburn. Yeah, he's a little bit unorthodox because, like, beforehand, I was wondering, you know, do you rank him with the interior guys? Do you rank him as an edge guy, whatnot? You know, he's a little bit on the smaller side if you're going to do it with the, the defensive tackles, whatnot. But he certainly has the athletic profile, and he can cause disruption. So they just have to decide what they think he is and then, you know, just sort of de- develop them there. But just as far as like a ball of clay with that, I, I-, I thought that was a solid pick. All right, Thor, you need to help us out here with this next. <laughs> We've, I have yet to find, well, I found one person that likes it. Uh, I'm going to pull the room really quick. Because we know your barn smells like money. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. 50% chance of rain today. We're not going to warm up beyond 61. The good news, sunshine tomorrow and 70. Wednesday, sunshine and 74 degrees. Glad you're along with us, everybody. Welcome to today, May 8th. And on this day, back in 1970, the Beatles released the album, Let It Be. On this day in 1978, Reinhold Messner and Peter Hobbler climbed Mount Everest without oxygen. Nobody thought it was possible, but the Italian and Austrian managed to do it on this day back in 1978. And now you know. Well, we want to continue our introductions of the sixth finalists that want to become Wisconsin's next agriculture ambassador. Stephanie Hoff has another candidate for us this morning. 
Lydia Lipke of Keele, Wisconsin, always looked forward to hearing Alice in Dairyland speak at her local futurity. And that's what led her to apply for the position this year. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. And Lydia is one of six top candidates undergoing a very rigorous interview process to be named the 76th Alice in Dairyland. She tells us more about what she'll bring to the program, starting with her background in agriculture and why she decided to run for the role. I showed at the Manitowoc County Fair, and every year at the Manitowoc Culver's Futurity, usually Alice in Dairyland comes to the Futurity, and she'd always give a wonderful speech about the importance of Wisconsin agriculture. And as I've gotten older, I've always been more interested in the program and more interested in getting involved. And so I am here to share and promote and cultivate new relationships with Wisconsin producers and consumers right here in America's Dairyland. Tell me more about your background in agriculture. Absolutely. So I grew up on my parents' and grandparents' 150 cow dairy farm, Kissinger's Family Farms, LLC, right in Kiel. We sold our cows after the unexpected passing of my mother in 2019, and we still continue our agricultural story. We still cash crop, and we still produce beef. So that was the beginning of my agricultural story. I graduated from the University of Wisconsin River Falls in 2021 with a bachelor's degree in dairy science with a minor in agricultural business that I'm currently putting to use at Sargento Foods Incorporated as a microbiology specialist. Every day I perform various analytical testing on our wonderful Wisconsin cheese to ensure the highest quality cheese is reaching our consumers. Tell me what's new in the cheese space. We are always working on developing new cheeses in our state. We have over 600 different varieties of cheese in our state, and they incorporate a lot of our other wonderful Wisconsin products as well. Uh, A lot of cranberries are also used in, and cherries, which is something our state is also famous for, are used in our famous Wisconsin cheese. What else do you think gives you an edge or sets you apart from the other top candidates? I think what sets me apart from the other top candidates is my background in ag. I have a very diverse background. I grew up on the farm and I definitely have that production agricultural background where I understand all the work that goes into producing safe, legal milk for consumers, but I've expanded on that knowledge. After college, I interned with American Foods Group Dress Beef, and I learned the entire beef packing industry, so I learned a lot about how the dairy industry impacts our beef industry as well. And then right now working in the cheese industry, which we are number one in the nation for, I am learning about all the places that our cheese goes. Uh, Wisconsin cheese is carried in 98% of grocery stores throughout the country and is exported internationally throughout the world. And Wisconsin dairy is the background for me, and I am looking forward to promoting that and learning a lot more about all the other different assets that Wisconsin commodities bring to the table. Lydia, do you think that you're going to bring anything new to the Allison Dairyland program? Absolutely. I think I'm going to bring some new ideas to the program. Each Alice has put her own spin on the program. Taylor is doing an amazing job right now, especially with social media, building off of Julia, really increasing our social media presence. And I think something I want to bring to the program is 
continuing on with their new program, Expedition Agriculture. I want to continue to increase agriculture in the classroom and really help our students develop a passion for agriculture at a younger age and realize how important it is to our state and to them because every day we have to thank our wonderful Wisconsin farmers for the food we have on our table. Regardless of the outcome of this interview process to become Alice in Dairyland, what do you hope that you get out of this experience? I hope to get out of this experience a closer bond with all of the top candidates. I actually know three of the other top candidates. We were all fairs to the fairs at the same time, so we are going to bond and connect, and I'm going to take this knowledge, and we are all going to take this knowledge, and we are going to go out and broaden our horizons and increase the knowledge of agriculture and become the future of agriculture in our communities. Lydia Lipke along with us from Keele, Wisconsin. She's one of the six top candidates vying for the 76th Alice in Dairyland title. The finalists have been undergoing an extensive interview process since they were announced in March. The Alice in Dairyland finals will be May 11th through the 13th in Walworth County. The selection will be made on May 13th. The next Alice will then start her term on July 5th. We're featuring all of the top candidates with you on air and online at MidwestFarmReport.com. I'm Stephanie Hoff. Thanks, Stephanie. Don't forget, our Midwest Farm Report team is going to be down in Walworth County for the finale on Saturday evening. Always remember, follow along, MidwestFarmReport.com. Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook. Friday in Chicago, the barrel cheese dropped a penny and three quarters down to 153. 40-pound block cheese was down five and a quarter cents at 161 and a quarter, while double-A butter gained a quarter of a cent to close the week at 244 and a half per pound. This morning in Chicago, we've got the June milk up seven at 1706. July milk's up 12, 1788 a hundred weight. December corn's up two cents at 536. November beans are up three and a half right now at 1283. July wheat's up about a nickel at 664 a bushel. I know there were a lot of greenhouses that were busy over the weekend, but one very special greenhouse finally opened to the general public on Saturday. It was the Jeff Hicken Horticultural Learning Center, and it's at home at Sauk Prairie High School, just about 30 minutes north of Madison. In case you don't remember, Jeff Hicken was our past Wisconsin State FFA advisor at the Department of Public Instruction, also the Agriculture, Food, and Natural Resources Education Consultant. It's been not quite two years since Jeff passed away, but on Saturday, that learning center was dedicated and opened in his honor. His son, Cole Hicken, was on hand. Cole himself, currently a state FFA officer, That greenhouse, he said, is a tribute to his dad, who was always trying to find ways to continue to impact students' lives in a positive way. We've got some nice pictures up of that state-of-the-art horticultural learning center at Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook. Coming up next, our dairy farmers want to impart some knowledge on you when it comes to dairy today. National Dairy Month on the way. We're talking about it next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. If you talk, they will hear you. We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy, so we show them how. And we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. Not just one time, but every chance we get. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids not only need to know the dangers and how to avoid them, they need to hear it often from you. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription 
and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. So talk, they hear you. You can do it if you try. You're no stranger to hard work and eating right, but your abs are more like flabs. Carbon World Health offers Emsculpt, an FDA-approved treatment for men who want to transform their physique. One session is equivalent to 20,000 crunches without the painful recovery. Melt fat, build and tone muscle, then start getting the results you're looking for. Emsculpt at Carbon World Health. Learn more at carbonworldhealth.com. Chris Collini with a dirty little secret. Growing up, we were encouraged to track mud in the house. After all, dirt has been our family business for generations. Today, we rely on more than our boots to transport our nutrient-rich soils. We have bigger trucks and better equipment if you need it delivered. Or you can simply pick it up at our awesome dirt-filled processing plant. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Kalani Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. If Mary had a little lamb, you can bet she'd talk to her about it. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. We look forward to it in Wisconsin like it's a holiday because for many of us, it kind of is. National Dairy Month and June dairy celebrations all across the state of Wisconsin. Time to catch up on 2023 details with our friends from Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. And joining us today, Tina Peterson, who is one of the gals that's really literally the spoken hub of a lot of our different Dairy Month promotions. Today we want to focus in on something that people may have heard about, Tina, but don't necessarily understand the depth of it, and that's Champions of Dairy. Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin is, of course, our strongest advocate for all things Wisconsin dairy, but boy, you guys work with a lot of different groups getting the message out. Tell people a little bit about what the Champions of Dairy is. Sure. So Champions of Dairy really encompasses anyone that isn't a dairy enthusiast in Wisconsin. And so Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin works with those local dairy promotional groups, whether they be FFA chapters, Wisconsin 4-H, some Farm Bureau organizations, and even those county dairy promotion groups that are specific to their areas in the state. And we provide them with funding, messaging, um, some kit components to make sure that we have some great messaging for consumers and we help them with all of the organization that goes on uh, behind the events for National Dairy Month and throughout the entire year for dairy promotion. Now, you guys are also very instrumental in keeping people like me, the media, informed, not just on events, but how important those events are in local communities, too. Absolutely. We're really excited for 2023 and National Dairy Month. You'll see a lot with Discover, Taste, and Celebrate, really talking about our dairy industry, and we're building trust in and of our dairy farmers and their practices. And you will see uh, monthly, all month long during uh, June, our farmers telling their farmer stories, uh, whether it be through radio, television, or even in print ad, um, making sure that they're, they're under, the consumers in their local uh, communities are understanding the work that goes in and the impact that dairy has in the state of Wisconsin. 
Yeah, and you know, one thing that I have noticed is, to your point, messages change from year to year when it comes to those groups visiting the farm. We're glad that you're enjoying the breakfast. We're glad that you get a chance to scratch a calf on the head. But really, these champions of dairy, it's about doing a little deeper dive behind all of that to help the consuming public know about the sustainability, the different activities going on on our average dairy, isn't it? Absolutely. So we do a lot of consumer research because it's important to understand what aspects consumers really want to know about. And we do know they want to know where their food comes from, but there's other aspects of farming. Most um, consumers are fairly removed from the actual dairy farming or agricultural audience. And so their questions are really important that we answer them in a a format that really is, I would say, comprehensible, but also resonates with them. And that helps us build trust in our industry. You know, the other thing is it's not just limited to Wisconsin. We're hoping these messages reach beyond just our state borders, aren't we, Tina? Absolutely. So as an agricultural audience, we understand the importance of reaching consumers because obviously we want to drive demand for our product, which is milk. And we know that we can do that through sharing um, with consumers. So whether it's brand identification, looking for the probably Wisconsin cheese or probably Wisconsin dairy badge all across the U.S., and even telling our farmer sustainability stories on all platforms throughout the U.S. Yeah, now let's not uh, forget about the great platforms that Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin is always working with. Of course, we know WisconsinDairy.org backslash Dairy Month is going to have a whole list of activities going on. Uh, what other Are there going to be any kinds of special social media campaigns or anything new that we can keep our eye out for, Tina? Absolutely. So you can join your local Dairy Promotion Group Facebook page if they have one. Also, you could visit, like you said, wisconsindairy.org backslash dairy month. And we have a really cool um, locator on there. So if you're from either northwest Wisconsin or southeast Wisconsin, you can find a local dairy breakfast that you can attend or a community activation and really celebrate all things dairy in Wisconsin during June. I think sometimes those of us that are in the dairy industry or connected with Wisconsin agriculture see the time, the energy that we put in on things like dairy breakfast, dairy brunch, and uh, you just, you know, it's a lot of work for a lot of our volunteers. Has anybody ever done any research, Tina, on how effective we are reaching that audience? I mean, some of these dairy breakfasts have literally thousands of people that show up, help people understand that these are effective tools. Oh, it's crucial to get people on farms to really understand the the pride, the care, the commitment that goes into um, what makes America's dairy land. You know, our farmers work, they're dedicated 365 days a year to making this ultimate product, which is the best quality milk. And of course, that goes into those award-winning products that come from Wisconsin, whether it be yogurt, butter, cheese, um, even ice cream. And so really getting consumers to um, engage with our dairy farmers and our farmers telling their stories is crucial to keeping our industry um, alive. Tina Peterson's along with us, one of the hardworking staff at Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, getting ready for National Dairy Month. And of course, that's June Dairy Month here in the state of Wisconsin. Tina, you mentioned the diversity of groups that Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin tries to coordinate with, from FFA chapters and 4-H right on through to Farm Bureau and County Dairy Groups. If somebody's listening to this message and saying, hey, uh, we've got a dairy event, uh, we'd like to be part of this network, or we might need a little guidance on how to put our event more successfully together. How do you suggest, are there resources online for these community breakfasts or folks that might uh, not necessarily be in the Champions of Dairy Loop right now? 
Absolutely. So there is a Facebook group. If you visit uh, or if you go on social media, specifically Facebook for Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, and then there's a subgroup called Champions of Dairy. This is an excellent resource that people can share ideas, whether it be a breakfast or a community event. Um, it really allows that community piece for our groups to be interconnected and share ideas. They can also reach out to Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin and a staffer like myself that would be absolutely thrilled to help them with dairy promotion. Again, like I said, I'm going back to the research side. Have we ever done any measurement on what happens during June Dairy Month, Tina? I mean, for the dairy farm families that are kicking in the cash that help to really make some of these things go round, do we have any any idea on payback or uh, number reached just in our one-month efforts? Absolutely. So we definitely track all of our media, and we have over a million uh, impressions last year or viewers. So that was really important uh, to making sure. And now this is just in Wisconsin. Um, this year we're experiencing some, or we're spreading out into the Minneapolis market because we want to make sure that we're reaching those Northwest farms as well and those consumers. Um, you're also going to find out that these champions of dairy, those boots on the ground, really doing promotion and marketing for our dairy farmers. Um, at the end of the year, they report back to Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, and they tell us exactly how many consumers they engaged with, where their funds were best allocated with, and what their best ideas were for marketing and promotion. And so it's really important that every year we look at our reach to make sure we're getting as many consumers engaged as possible, and then we make sure that we tailor um, the materials that are sent to make sure that we're getting the messages in front of the right consumers. Yeah, and like you said, accountability, that's what Dairy Farms of Wisconsin is all about. They want to make sure every dollar invested from our hardworking dairy farm families brings the most return on that investment. And now, because of Wisconsin's dominance in the dairy industry, we do from time to time catch national attendance, uh, attention, I should say, during June Dairy Month, National Dairy Month. Absolutely. Our PR department is top-notch at Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, and we really seek out earned placements, which means they're free, right? So we pitch to media. We try to get those national broadcasts, um, whether it be the Today Show um, or, or other syndicated shows that um, reach the national audience. And we offer them the opportunity to come to Wisconsin and learn about our dairy industry. And so we're always seeking um, the opportunity to tell our Wisconsin dairy story uh, to as many people as possible. Champions of Dairy, that is what we're all about here in Wisconsin, not just during June, National Dairy Month, but year-round. Tina Peterson along with us from Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, one of the major hub-and-spoke groups uh, when it comes to the Champions of Dairy, trying to get everybody on the same page when it comes to not just dairy breakfast, but all kinds of dairy experiences. You want to join in the conversation? You are more than welcome. As she said, Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin on Facebook, that uh, subgroup, Champions of Dairy, and then also take a look online at all the active activities going on near you, wisconsindairy.org backslash 